0: Welcome to the 28th episode of Cutting Edge. I'm Lana Sturdevant, and for those of you who have been tuning in day in and day out, your support means so much, and hopefully these episodes continue to be engaging, enjoyable, and valuable to you. Any feedback, insights, commentary, or suggestions for future episodes that you may have are greatly appreciated. It's been a while since I've did any real solo content, and even longer since I've done features on people and groups in society and general pop culture like I did when I first started this. I figured that to keep content flowing more consistently in the days and weeks ahead, since interviews can be difficult to arrange at times, I could fill those gaps with more of the type of stuff that I did when I first started this podcast, kind of go back to the roots with it. Uh, When you think of the titans of the music industry, people like Drake, Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, The Weeknd, Ed Sheeran, etc., there's one name that probably doesn't come to mind. This artist's net worth trumps all of the aforementioned names, In 2012, they broke Michael Jackson's record for most top 10 singles in the UK from a single album charting eight. They've been nominated for 118 awards and won 32, including six Grammy and eight AMA nominations. They have three songs over a billion streams and four songs with over a billion YouTube views. So for someone so renowned, established, and sought after, this individual manages to keep a shockingly low profile. They have collaborated with virtually every major artist as well as bringing attention to some smaller ones and whether or not you're aware of it, you actually probably love their music. Who is this mystery superstar? His name is Calvin Harris. A lot of people recognize that name, but very few realize that he silently dominated the 2010s, consistently raked in 50 million a year for over a decade, and pretty much doing that exclusively off of sales, streams, and shows, and even dating Taylor Swift herself. So many would ask the question, just how did this gentle chap from Scotland go on to create a life most could only dream of? Well, as with all consistent and large-scale success, it doesn't happen overnight. And that certainly wasn't the case for Harris. Before Calvin Harris was Calvin Harris, he was just Adam Wiles, born on January 17, 1984 in Dumfries, Scotland. His father was a biochemist while his mother stayed at home with him, his older sister, and younger brother. His career as a musician had very humble beginnings. Originally taking a liking to electronic music in his teens, he worked in a fish processing plant and stocked shelves at a supermarket to raise enough money to get DJ and production gear. Silently, Wiles worked hard cranking out hundreds of demos from his bedroom and sending them out to labels from his aged home computer. A friend of Wiles's from high school stated that he had no idea he was even into music or why he rarely went out. At 18, his hard work paid off, as the Prima Fasci label took notice. He was able to get his first credited tracks, releasing two of these demos on a CD under the alias Stopher. With these singles to his name, Wiles moved to London, hoping to develop a network and learn about the industry. However, it was not all it was shaped up to be. In one of the most competitive music scenes in the world, Wiles struggled to make ends meet or find opportunities, and after two or three years, he swallowed his pride and moved back in with his family. It was around this time that he joined MySpace, when when that app was still a thing. This was when he adopted the name Calvin Harris originally, citing that his first track was more of a soul track, and he wanted to sound more racially ambiguous. Basically, that means he didn't want uh, people to assume that he was some white dude from Scotland. From there, he decided it flowed well and just stuck with it. As his following grew, and the tracks he posted started to gain traction on the site, His songs, Acceptable in the 80s and The Girls, were discovered by Mark Gillespie, a talent booker who had recently started a management firm, and brought on Harris as his first signee. He also signed with Columbia, through which he released his first studio album, I Created Disco, in 2007, which charted as the number 8 album in the UK and number 19 on the U.S. Billboard Top Electronic Albums. The entire album was written, produced, and recorded solely by Harris in his childhood home, and his studio dubbed Calvin Harris Beats on that same Amiga computer. In 2008, he assisted on Dizzy Rascal's hit single Dance With Me, producing it and singing the hook. The track would go on to top the UK singles chart for four weeks and get certified platinum by the British phonographic industry. The next year, he released his sophomore album Ready For The Weekend, which debuted at number one in the UK and was certified gold. In addition to this, Harris caused an uproar about Yeah Three Times, the hit Chris Brown track from his 2010 album Fame, feeling that it sounded shockingly similar to I'm Not Alone, one of the tracks from Ready for the Weekend. He tweeted, Choked on my cornflakes when I heard the new Chris Brown single this morning. Do you know what I mean? Despite many of Brown's fans calling him a nobody, Harris didn't back down, and though Brown had personally never heard of Harris at the time, there was a potential link between one of the song's producers and Harris was ultimately granted songwriting credits. But if Harris was a nobody at the time, he wouldn't be for much longer. In 2011, he was the opening act in the European legs of Rihanna's Loud Tour, and in October of 2012, he released his third project and magnum opus, 18 months, notably including singles Feel So Close, Let's Go featuring Neo, I Need Your Love featuring Ellie Goulding, We Found Love featuring Rihanna, and Sweet Nothing featuring Florence Welch from Florence and the Machine. Each of these tracks had significant chart success both in the UK and in the US, as well as achieving multi-platinum status in numerous countries, including placing 8 singles in the top 10 on the UK charts, which beat Michael Jackson's for the most on a single album. This has since been beat by Ed Sheeran, who simultaneously put 10 singles in the UK charts in the top 10 from his Divide album. The stark jump in Harris's international notoriety, as well as the overall quality and viability of his sound, was no accident either. Prior to 18 months, Harris was sonically categorized as new disco, which is synthesizer-heavy in nature and was was the popular sound of DJs when he first started at the dawn of Y2K. Over time, as the industry evolved, and as he acquired better equipment and more experience, his music slowly transformed into more of the electronic house similar to much of the exploding EDM scene, at the beginning of the 2010s. Additionally, though Harris was the lead vocalist on his first two studio albums, he chose to outsource that role in 18 months. Though he does occasionally do the vocals for some tracks, including on Feel So Close, he explained this decision in 2012 by stating simply, I want each track as good as it can possibly be, which usually means me not singing on it. Instead, he opted to have more talented and high-profile artists perform over his beats and production. This self-awareness, as it would turn out, would make him a global superstar, and in 2013, he'd receive an Ivor Norvella Award for being the Songwriter of the Year, which he named easily the greatest achievement of my entire life, despite so many great achievements up to that point. As 2014 rolled in, as did the hits, the shows, and the accolades that followed, in March he released Summer, which peaked at number one in the UK, number seven in the US, and became the most streamed Spotify song of the entire year at over 200 million. It now has over a billion. He attracted the second largest crowd at his Coachella set in the history of the festival in April, which was only trumped by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg two years earlier. Throughout the year, he served as headline acts in the Lollapalooza, Austin City Limits, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Electric Daisy Carnival music festivals. His other two singles, Under Control and Blame, featuring John Newman, also both hit number one in the UK, and Harris consequently became the first solo British artist in Spotify history to reach a billion streams. Yeah, metrics were a bit smaller back then. In November of that year, he released Motion, his fourth studio album, which included the previous three singles released in 2014, plus 12 more. It was the number one dance album in both the UK and the US, and peaked at number two and number five across all genres respectively in both countries. 2016 comes around, and Calvin Harris and Rihanna team up again with This Is What You Came For. Taking the radio by storm on an international scale, the effort debuted at number 2 and 3 on the UK and US charts, as well as topping charts in Australia, Ireland, and Canada, and achieving top 10 status in Germany, Switzerland, and New Zealand. He also released My Way, a solo effort where he was the lead vocalist, which has since reached platinum status in nine countries and diamond status in two. As 2016 came to a close... Harris admitted to having fatigue with the EDM genre and began entertaining the idea of doing a funk hip-hop album. He loved the work of such acts as the Migos and Young Thug, but out of respect for their work and their style, the thought of putting them on a dance track made him sick to his stomach, so he decided he would meet them halfway. In February of 2017, he released Funk Wave Bounces Volume 1, which included notable tracks Slide, featuring Frank Ocean and the Migos, and Feels, featuring Pharrell, Katy Perry, and Big Sean. The album also featured Young Thug, Ariana Grande, Travis Scott, John Legend, Khalid, and many others. His last smash hit came in 2018 with One Kiss, featuring Dua Lipa. The two had met at a party in 2015, but three years later, Harris came across a half-written song that he felt she would sound perfect on. As it would turn out, billions would agree. It was certified multi-platinum in 13 countries, quadruple platinum in the UK, and diamond in three countries. At the time, this was both of their longest-running singles at the number one spot in the UK, staying there for eight consecutive weeks. It's clear to see the long list of accolades achieved by Harris, and that he genuinely stacks up with some of the greatest artists of our generation, which most people aren't even aware of. But what is it about him that makes him so special, and what keeps him somewhat under the radar despite, despite such high status? One of the biggest pieces of this from my observation comes from his comfortability in starting small and perseverance despite not hitting immediate success. Though his start in the industry was at the turn of the millennium, that's without counting the long evenings and nights throughout high school he spent in his bedroom mastering his craft. Most of us were completely clueless of his existence until at least around 2010 at the earliest. Despite living the starving artist life in London, having to cut his losses and moving back in with his parents in his early 20s, Harris never gave up or lost sight of his dreams. With this long and meticulous grind came an uncanny understanding of music, and what makes a good song good. At the level he's at now, he is a one-man hit-making machine who every major artist respects and trusts with their sound, which in and of itself speaks to his genius and expertise. In his first two projects combined, only three tracks total had any outside assistance in writing, producing, or otherwise. Whether he's making an EDM song, a pop song, a funk or soul song, or a hip-hop song, his versatility is exemplified throughout his years in the game. However, even the greatest minds will never be known if they can't sell themselves or get their names out there. Harris learned that in order to get his tracks to sell. You need big names and killer vocals. Developing his network over the course of a decade, he was able to recruit numerous icons in the lead-up to 18 months, which is where the majority of his notable songs come from. His decision to focus on his skills on the opposite side of the booth and abandon providing primary vocals paid off massively. Though some felt that him drifting off from his quirky and silly disco sound from his earlier tracks to a pop house vibe that was cleanly cut for mainstream radio was inauthentic and a tad repetitive at times. His music is absolutely everywhere, and you probably hear and love it yourself without even knowing it's him. All of that impact shows up very handsomely in his paycheck as well. As I'd mentioned, Harris is not only arguably the world's richest DJ, he is among the wealthiest pop stars on planet earth, aside from the ones who have also dominated the entrepreneurial realm like Rihanna and Dr. Dre. He topped the Forbes list for eight straight years as the highest paid DJ from 2013 to 2020, despite not even being in the top 10 in 2012. Often raking in nearly half a million per show, three to four million per endorsement deal, and with 13.6 billion total all-time views on his YouTube channel, it's estimated that his generated ad revenue is to the tune of 50 million. Finally, having everything else a man could ever want, why wouldn't he have a top-tier dating life as well? I touched on the fact that he briefly dated Taylor Swift, and prior to her was British singer Rita Ora and American model Erica Wolfe, whom he also dated after Swift. It's easy to see why, given that he's not exactly ugly and gets gets no complaints on lack of height, standing at about six foot five. However, seeing the difference between him and now, and then him back in 2006 as the MySpace hustler, fellas, there's hope for all of us. If you take nothing else from the amazing bedroom-to-billboard rise of Calvin Harris, whatever it is that you are pursuing, never set a limit on what God can create for you with fearless dedication and relentless perfection of your craft. Though not everyone is going to make $300 million, Nor will that be the goal for many. A genuine love and commitment to your passions will take you to heights you never thought possible. I want to thank you all again for listening, and I'm hoping that you took as much value and enjoyment from the story as I did researching and looking into it. Though I'm not a Calvin Harris super fan, I'm definitely a pretty big fan. I love his sound, I love the work he does, and my hot take is that he is at least a top 50 musical mind of all time. Given his track record, I think my case is made fairly clear. If you want to follow this podcast, it's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music at the time being. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave a review as that feedback helps both me and the podcast grow. Uh, We're also on Instagram at CuttingEdgeIG, that's at C-U-T-T-I-N-G-E-D-G-E-I-G. If you want to follow me personally, I'm at Landon underscore Sturdevant on Instagram, that's at L-A-N-D-O-N underscore S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T. At LT Sturdevant21 on Snapchat. That's at LT STURDEVANT21 on Snapchat. And my email is LT at Yahoo.com. That's LT at Yahoo.com. Once again, guys, thank you all for listening, and I'll see you on the next one.